So today we're talking about the subject of faith. And some of you might be thinking, well, I already know that. I've been doing that for 30 years, you know, um, or whatever. But you know what? Faith is something that, that you need to work at on a constant basis. You need to be constantly aware of of your faith. And so we're going to be talking about faith. We're going to be talking about it in a very simple way. We're going to be talking about it in a way that, that you can apply faith to your life. How many of you ever heard a message and it just went, you know? Well, we're going to hopefully give you some ways to, to make faith applicable to your life where you can actually use it and where you can walk by faith, where you can fight by faith. And so, first of all, let's just start with just a very simple definition of faith. First of all, the the word faith in the New Testament is the Greek word uh, pisces. And it, it basically, it means to be persuaded of something. It's used 238 times in the New Testament. And it, and it just basically means, I am persuaded. I know. I am persuaded. How many of you ever been persuaded of something? Yeah? And that, what that is, it's, it's faith. Faith in operation. But now we're talking about just not faith. We're talking about faith in God. Faith in God's word. And so... Let's turn to the book of Hebrews, the 11th chapter, verse number 1. Now, I'm sure that all of you know what Hebrews 11, 1 says, For now faith is the assurance of things hoped for and the conviction of things not seen. Now, I'm reading out of the New American Standard Version. That's the version that the Apostle Paul used. Not, no, not really. Um, but the New American Standard Version, actually, I got saved. I was a hippie. And uh, I remember going into the Zondervan bookstore in Jenison, Michigan. I'm born, I've been born again for maybe two or three months. And I had long hair. My hair went out like this. My hair didn't go down. Um, I had on a, probably had on a, a, a hat. Probably was wearing the long green army trench coat because that's what hippies did back in those days. You know, we were hippies. We were into being individuals, but we all dressed the same. (laughs) I walked up to the counter and I said, you got a Bible that I can understand? Now, I should have been a little more sensitive because this woman saw me come in the door and she started backing up. I said, you got a Bible I can understand? And she said, well, I, 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 I think there's one in, 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 the, in the back room over there. And I found the New American Standard Version. I opened it up and I thought, I can understand this. And so I've been reading the New American Standard Version since 1970. So that's the re- version we're going to be looking at. Faith. Faith is the assurance of things hoped for. What is faith? It's that assurance on the inside of you. Now, this word assurance, it actually 
the, the Greek word is hupotezo. And the, it's a compound word. And it means to stand under something or to hold something up. Now, what does faith do? Faith holds up the things that you are hoping for. What are you hoping for? Now, we're not talking about just hoping. We're talking about faith in God. We're talking about our hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. We're talking about the word of God. And so what is faith? Faith comes and it takes the things that you're hoping for, the things that you read in the word of God, and you saw them in the word of God, and you said, hey, that's me. That's for me. I need that right now. That's hope. You know, I've heard some preachers say, well, you, you don't hope for nothing. You believe for it. Well, you know what? That doesn't make any sense. You understand? Because if you don't have a hope, you won't have nothing to believe for. You don't have nothing for for faith to come underneath and hold up and, and cause it to stand. So what is faith? It's that assurance. That assurance that comes underneath what you're hoping, what you're expecting. You know, what? what is hope? Hope is an expectation. What are you expecting? Many times I think about this. I had the a grandpa and grandma that were absolutely amazing. One of the most godly men I've ever known in, in my life was my grandfather. Even before I ever found the Lord, he had a tremendous impact on me. Mom would say, we lived out on a, on a farm out in northwest Iowa. Mom would say, hey, grandpa and grandma are coming today. And I'd go out there on the lawn and I'd wait. And I'd wait, and I'd look down that gravel road. That was before they treated it, you know, with all this oil stuff, you know. And and I'd look for the dust coming down the road. What was I doing? I was expecting something. I was hoping that my grandpa and grandma were going to come, and they were going to come to the farm, and he was going to have some of them good Dutch peppermints that he always carried, you know, Anybody know what I'm talking about? No, you guys aren't Dutch. Anyway, if you're Dutch, you know what a Dutch peppermint is all about, okay? Um, It was hope. Well, what does faith do? Faith comes underneath your hope. And it buoys it up and it causes it to stand. Now, some people say, well, it's now faith. Faith is something you get right now. No. Anybody that knows anything about faith realizes you've got to stand. You've got to stand. Now, miracles, I believe in miracles. I've seen miracles happen. I've seen the dead raised. I've seen all kinds of miracles happen. I believe in miracles. But most of the things that we receive in our Christian life come by faith. They come, first of all, with the hope. 
we see it in the Word of God, I can change. I can be someone different. I can overcome alcoholism. I can overcome pornography addictions. I can overcome diseases. I can overcome poverty. And you get that hope, and then faith comes in, and it's faith in the Word of God, because that's where hope comes from. And it comes in, and it stands under that hope. So faith is the assurance. The assurance of things hoped for. And then it says, and it is the conviction of things not seen. Now, what does that mean? The conviction of things not seen. Well, the word conviction, it actually means to, to it means an, uh, an evidence or an exposure or a, a, a proof of things that you don't see. How many of you see faith? Now, you can see faith and works, and we're going to talk about that in a little bit. But can you see faith? Can you see with your natural eyes the healing that God's bringing to your body? Can you see with your natural eyes the provision that God's bringing? No. But when you look through the eyes of faith, you see it. You see it. Have you ever walked to the walk of faith and 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 you're believing God for something and you see it down on the inside of you. You can see you can describe it. You can you know what it looks like. You see it. One of the things that that years and years ago we I caught a vision of having making videos. Okay? Sony had just come out with the first um, digital video camera. Okay, it was a VX1000. I still remember it. Oh, yeah, VX1000. Lord, I believe in a VX. I believe that you want me to have that VX1000. And you know what? The more my faith attached itself to that thing, I could see it. I could see myself standing in front of a camera. I could see it recording, and I could see the videos going out. And by the way, those were the days of VHS, okay? (laughs) We used to box them up in boxes and send them around the world. I saw it. What was that? It was faith. Did I have it in my hand? No. I remember one time I said, Lord, I'd like to give that ministry $1,000. Will you please bless me with $1,000 to give that ministry? I got home and went to the post office and opened the mailbox, and there was a $1,000 check made out to me. So I gave it to the ministry. Believing God constantly, seeing this camera. And you know what? You know what happened? Kaylee, you know what happened? It wasn't very long after that. And here comes a $4,000 check. And the people said, we want you to buy that camera. (laughs) 
Why, it didn't, it didn't take a rocket scientist to figure out what I was going to do with that $4,000 check. It so happened that camera cost at that time $4,000. Well, that's just one area, one example of faith. I saw it. And you know what? When, when you're operating in faith, you will see it on the inside of you. There will be that evidence, not physically, but that evidence down here in your spirit, man, that this is what I'm going to do. This is what I'm, this is where I'm going. When I first got saved, I used to spend a lot of time in, in prayer, still do. And I would see myself preaching the gospel. I didn't know anything. You know, the first time I preached, I preached for 15 minutes, told everybody everything I knew. <laughs> Hadn't stopped me. I preach a little longer than 15 minutes now. <laughs> We had at our home church, Lumbe came by. He's from South Africa. He's a pastor there. And I remember preaching. Actually, I preached in his church before he became the pastor of that church. I preached an hour, and the pastor said, that's just a sermonette. <laughs> so I preached another 45 minutes, and I was done. <laughs> I'm not going to do that this morning, by the way. You see, faith sees something. What do you see? What do you see? When you quiet yourself before God, what do you see? You see, faith is the evidence of things that, that, that you need. Do you see yourself whole? Do you see yourself prosperous? Do you see yourself saved? You know, how many of you know that's a big one? You know, I got saved and, and I had a hard time seeing myself as saved. I was still struggling with stuff. But faith comes in. Now, let's go a little bit further in our study of faith. Every person has a measure of faith. Now, some of you are thinking, no, not every person. You know what? I know every person in this room has faith today. You say, well, how do you know that? Because you're sitting in a chair. What you did is you took your faith and you deposited it on that chair. You didn't, I mean, you didn't take any time. You just sat on that chair. You know what it was? It was faith. Now, it was faith in the chair. Okay, do you understand? I remember preaching in in South Africa. And uh, after the service, the pastor said, well, you know, we're going to have a braai. Now, if you've never been to a South African braai, you need to go to a South African braai. Because it is like tons of meat. Now, if you don't like meat, then don't go. But anyway, <laughs> it, I mean, it's just tons of meat. Cooked on a on a on an on an outdoor grill, and so oh yeah, we're gonna have a braai. He said we're gonna invite the leaders of the church, and yeah, oh wow. They said, oh Pastor Leon, 
you get to go first. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I got my, I mean, their stakes are like this, you know, and they're thick, you know, and, and that's just for one of you. That I mean, they, everyone gets one of them, you know. I get up there and I take the steak and take a little bit of potatoes or whatever they had. And I go back and they have these little plastic chairs. And you know what happened? I trusted that little plastic chair. I ended up sitting on the ground along with about 20 other elders and leadership in the church. And they're looking at me like, what's wrong with this American? You see, I know everybody in this room's got faith. Not only because the word of God says it, but because you've trusted things in your life. Now, again, we're talking about faith in God. You see, everyone's been given the measure of faith. Everyone's been given the same measure. You've got it. Where are you putting it? Where are you putting it? You putting it in the bank? Good luck. No, I don't believe in luck. But anyway, are you putting it in the economy? Are you putting it in what doctors are saying? No, put your faith in God. Because he never changes. He never moves from his word. Put your faith in God. Trust it. Lean upon it. See it through eyes of faith. See what what you need through eyes of faith. So every person has faith. But where is your faith? Put your faith in God. Put your faith in the word of God. Now, let's go on. Every person has a measure of faith. But where you focus your faith, that's where it makes the difference. When we focus our faith on God, then everything begins change if you focus your faith on what you did last night if you focus your faith on the unrighteousness that you may still see in your life you know what you're going to be miserable but if you focus your faith on what Jesus has done for you on the cross When you focus your faith on the word of God, you know what happens? You stand. You stand. And some of you might be thinking, well, I I can't do that. Yeah, you can because you've got faith. You've got faith. God gave it to you. So focus your faith on what God says. Faith will cause you to come to the point where you just absolutely say, God, I trust you. I trust you. Friday, I had, my truck broke down. Actually, the week before that, couldn't get it into the mechanics till Friday. The guy calls me up and he says, uh, I got bad news. Oh. 
He said, your transfer case is out. $3,166.48. No, no, 65 cents. Yeah, what's what's 20 cents or whatever, you know? <laughs> what do you do? How I many you know that's a lot of money? Maybe not to you guys, but that's a lot of money to us people from Allendale, okay? <laughs> what do you do? You say, God, I trust you. I don't trust the bank. I don't trust the government. I trust God. But then what do you do? Do you go, oh, no. Oh, what am I going to do? Oh, no. Because the evidence of faith is rest. It's rest. It's you sitting back and saying, God, it's yours. It's yours. I am yours. My past is yours. My future is yours. My present is yours. So we enter into this place of rest. Where we say, God, I'm completely, totally dependent on you. I am at place at a place of rest. I've noticed that people make so much work out of faith. Faith is not faith is a fight. Don't get me wrong. Paul wrote to Timothy and talked to him about the fight of faith. Faith is a fight, but it's not a work. Faith produces works. Do you understand that faith, real faith, is you you take God at his word and you say, I believe what you said. Therefore, I depend on you. I rest in you. I'm committed to you. I'm not going to worry anymore. How many of you know worry takes a lot of work? You ever worried yourself at night and you're laying in bed and you're trying to sleep and you're just worrying, 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 worrying? Now, I don't know why I got my hand up. Maybe I'm just confessing something to you right now. But worry's tiring. Yet Jesus said, don't worry. Don't worry. So what what is the evidence of faith in your life? It's resting. But then resting produces work. Now I know some of you are going tilt, tilt, tilt. This does not make sense. This does not make sense. But be, when you begin to rest, you know what happens? you then are free to do the things that God has given you to do. You understand? 
you get free. Just to do and what God's given you to do. God shows you to do something. And you're free to do it. You're not, oh, maybe they don't like me. Maybe, they, maybe they'll hit me. Maybe they'll... No. You see, the evidence of faith is rest. Resting from your own works, but laboring to stay in faith. You understand that? And then all of a sudden, things begin to happen. And they happen supernaturally. Not weirdly, but supernaturally. Why? Because you're resting. And works begin to happen. The sin begins to fall off. The things that that were controlling you begin to to fall away. You understand that faith leads us to a place of rest. The place of rest leads us to be free to work to do what God has given us to do without thinking, well, what are they going to think of me? What if this happens? You ever thought about that? Well, if I, if I, what, what, what if this happens to me? God says, give. And you know it's the Spirit of God saying to on the inside of you, give. And you go, well, what if I run out of money? Well, you see, when God speaks, he'll put faith in there. And you can make a decision to believe him or not. And then you're free to do the work that God's given you to do. Free. Free to rest. Free to to operate. Free to to do what, what God calls you to do. So faith produces rest. Now faith is also a fight. First Timothy six verse twelve says, Fight the good fight of faith. Now, Paul's writing that to Timothy. Timothy is one of Paul's disciples. Paul is in prison in Rome. He says, Timothy, fight the fight of faith. Now, what is the fight of faith? It's staying in a place of faith. Keeping yourself in faith. How many of you realize That things come at your mind. I think it was Timothy LaHaye that wrote the book, The Battlefield of the Mind. I think Joyce Myers also has a book like that. Your mind is where you fight the fight of faith. What you think is going to determine 
where you place your trust and faith. So grab a hold of your mind and say, mind, you're going to set your hope on the word of God, on what God says, and then faith is going to come underneath that hope and it's going to sustain it. It's going to stand under it. It's going to lift it. It's going to keep it. Faith. That's the fight of faith. What are you thinking? What are you thinking? So when Paul writes to Timothy and he says, he says, fight the good fight of faith. And then he says, and lay hold of eternal life which is, to which you were called. And make your good confession in the presence of many witnesses. Fight the fight of faith. Make sure that your, your thinking and your mind is operating. In the area of faith. And not in the area of worry, doubt, unbelief. You understand. You see what happens is. We as humans. Our minds are like recorders. And they record everything. All of our experiences. And in order to wipe out those recordings, what we need is is a new mindset to take those old tracks that have been laid, those old habits that have been laid. And what is that new mindset? That new mindset is taking the word of God and believing it and saying, I believe this is what I believe this is what I'm thinking on how many of you know the world presents to us all kinds of things to worry about and to think about all kinds of things I mean just listen to the news I don't listen to the news anymore you know why it's just bad I do listen I listen to uh a news thing called Victory News. And it's all in the in the avenue of faith. But it talks about things that are going on in the world. But that's the only news I'm going to listen to. You know why? Because the the news out there in the world is, is not good. And it will cause you to get defeated in your faith. So what goes into your mind? What are you allowing to go into your mind? Faith. Faith comes from the word of God. And when you, when you saturate your mind with the word of God, do you know what happens? Faith comes. And faith will sustain you through anything and everything. Believe me, here's a man who we've been we've been walking by faith, living by faith for a long time. I got saved in 1970. That's a long time. That's before some of you were born. 
way before some of you were born. <laughs> but it's just making a decision every day. I'm going to live by faith. I'm not going to live by what I feel. I'm not going to live by what I see. I'm going to live by faith. Now, faith without works is useless. So in our definition of what faith is, we need to understand that faith needs to have works. But why? what is the reason for works? Why should we have works? Well, we already mentioned this earlier. You can't see faith. You can't. But your neighbors can see your works. Your family can see your works. Do you understand? James, the book of James says that without, no, excuse me, I'm going on the wrong verses here. That's coming later. <laughs> it says that, that, that show me your faith by your works. What's James saying to the to the Hebrew people? How many of you know the Hebrews had all kinds of works? Couldn't eat a pork chop. Couldn't do this. You couldn't do that. Jesus said, he said, God clothes, or not clothes, God God provides for the raven in the book of Luke, the 12th chapter. You know the raven was the most despised bird in Jewish culture. Why? Because what did ravens eat? They ate dead things. And so Jesus is saying, guys, God's even taking care of the the ravens. But the Jewish culture would say, if you touched a raven, you couldn't go to church. You need to get cleansed because the raven eats dead things. And so the Jewish people, they had all kinds of works. You understand? Do this, do this, do this. But it was works without faith. And so James is writing to these Hebrew people and he's saying, guys, you need works, but you need works that originate from faith, not from works, not from having to do something, but having a faith in God that produces works. You see, we as believers, we need to understand that works is what shows people Jesus. Many times I wonder if we would go into a neighborhood that you live in, would people know 
Would people know that you're a person of faith? I'm not trying to condemn you. I'm trying to challenge you. And by the way, it's not what you say. It's what you do. I've spoken to thousands and thousands of leaders around the world. One of the things that I tell them, the, the strongest message that you will ever preach to your people is the way you live your life. What would your neighbor say? Are you a person of faith? How do they know you have have faith? By your works. By what you do. So understand that works are an outcome of faith. But works do not produce faith. Faith comes by reading the word of God. That's why I'm, I am so much, so heavily persuaded in the word of God. Read it. Study it. Look into it. Last year I decided to read the Bible through chronologically. And you know what? It was a good thing. It's a good thing to understand the Bible chronologically. But you know what? There were. To, can I confess? There were times where I was reading it just to get it done. I got to put my little checkbox in the little box, you know, and say, oh, I did my reading for the day. This year I'm doing something different. I'm studying and getting into it, deep into it. I sit at my computer and I've got an amazing Bible study program on my computer. And I, I look up the Greek, the Hebrew, and I, I study it and I get into it. Sometimes, sometimes I only look at one verse a day. Why? Because I need the word of God. And I need it not just here, but I need it here. And to get it from here to here, it takes Meditation, it takes thought. Going to the book of Thessalonians, the second chapter, I don't remember exactly what verse. But the Apostle Paul says to the Thessalonians, by the way, the Thessalonians was a church that was three weeks old before the Apostle Paul left town. Three weeks. Everybody say three weeks. Three months later, Paul's down in Achai. Now, Achai is what we would call modern-day Greece. And he's down there in Achai, and, and he's hearing about a church up in Thessalonica. And what's he hearing? That this church is falling apart? No. He's hearing of their faith and of their love. So the Apostle Paul writes, in 1 Thessalonians, the second chapter, and he says this, you received the word of God. And to receive the word of God means just to, to take it. 
But then he says, and you accepted God's word. And the Greek word for accept means to grab it and to pull it into yourself. To hold it close. To take it and to hold it close to your ear. And then the next phrase is something like this. And the word of God changes your life. Wow. Faith comes by hearing. Actually, the, the Greek word there, the, 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 uh, the tense of that verb hearing is the arrow's tense. It means to hear and 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 to hear. You understand. It doesn't, you know, past, present, and arrows tense. And it means to continue to hear. Continue to receive. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So receive the word of God. Read it. But then take what you read and accept it into your heart, into your life, and grab a hold of it. The picture that we get there is you take it and you just hug it and hold it. Oh, how many of you how many of you like a good hug? Two of you. Anyway, for the rest of you. How many of you just really like a good hug? I'm a I'm a farm boy. Okay. Somebody came up to me a while back and they said, You sound like a hick. And I said, Well, thank you. <laughs> I didn't know why that was that was a bad term or you know. And this guy was from the booming metropolis of Nuevo. Uh, <laughs> I'm a farm boy, and I had a cow, and that cow would give me a hug. Now, I'm not talking about throwing his hooves up and his legs up on me. He would wrap his neck around me, and oh, sometimes I just need a good cow hug. <laughs> Some of you know what I'm talking about, I think. I don't know if horses do that, Donis, or not, but... But I had a cow, and that cow would give. Well, you know what? That's what we need to do with the Word of God. Don't just read it. Don't just come to church and and hear Matt and Sarah preach an excellent message. But take it and say, I am taking the Word of God, and I'm hugging it, I'm meditating on it, I'm studying it. I'm accepting it. I went to Bible college. You know, some of you probably have some doubt, but I actually did go to Bible college, and I and I graduated. Okay, we were a bunch of hippies. Okay, I had a roommate. Every night he would sleep on his Bible. He'd put his Bible underneath his pillow. His name was Andy Cook, great man, wonderful man of God now. I said, Andy, why are you sleeping on your Bible? 
He said, well, I just got to get it. I just got to get it into me. And I said, Andy, I don't think that's what it means. Now, I, you know, I was, I didn't know much myself, you know. But I said, I, Andy, I don't think that's what it means. <laughs> Do you understand that faith comes when you take the word of God and you not only hear it, not only do you receive it, not only do you read it, but you grab a hold of it and you accept it. I've seen so many believers say, well, I read the Bible, I read the Bible, I read the Bible. But do you take it into yourself? Do you meditate on it? You know, let me tell you something. This this is a wonderful Bible. There's no magic in this Bible in itself. You know, I could take it and hit Matt over the head with it, and it won't. <laughs> I know some preachers that will do that. But anyway, um, but you've got to take this and say, this is God's word for me. I take it. I receive it. But not only do I receive it, I accept it. And it changes my life forever. Faith. Faith comes by accepting the word of God. Now let's go on. By the way, that wasn't even in my notes. So, but I don't, I know why I said it. Because somebody, somebody here needs to, to hear that. Because you, you read the Bible and you go, oh, I read the Bible and nothing ever happens. But do you really accept it? So faith. Faith comes by accepting the Word of God and accepting it to be true. Back to the book of Hebrews very quickly. And we'll close. Hebrews eleven six. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. And then the writer of Hebrews says, For he who comes to God must believe that he is. And that's where a lot of people stop. They stop and they say, oh yeah, I believe that God is. But the writer of Hebrews didn't end there. He said, they must believe that he is and that he is the rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Do you believe God will reward you? Do you understand that God is the rewarder It says that we need faith in order to please God. And then it tells us that God is the rewarder of those who seek him. 
Let me say, let me say something to you, and I want you to understand this before we before we close for today or for this session. God is desiring to reward you. You see, some of you are thinking, man, if I get close to God, he's going to take my life away. Hey, I used to believe if I, if I serve the Lord, he'd make me marry an ugly woman, and here she is right here, and she is not ugly. Stand up. Evidence. Proof. Let me just end with this story, and this story will have a challenge to it. Years ago, I was in South Africa, one of my favorite countries. I love, I, I have loved to travel. I've been so blessed by able by being able to travel around the world. You know, I've preached from the Arctic Circle inside, two hundred fifty miles inside the Arctic Circle. I mean, what? That's cold. Yeah, yeah, some of you know that's cold up there, right? Murmansk, Russia. I've also preached in the Antarctic. Not, I haven't been there physically, but Chile, the country of Chile, owns part of the Antarctic. And uh, I was preaching in Chile, and they said, you know, the Christian radio station said, you know what, can we broadcast your meeting? And I said, yeah. How much is it going to cost me? Nothing. Okay, yes, yes, definitely you can broadcast the meeting. <laughs> they came back after the first night. I said, you know what? We're going to cancel all of our programming for tomorrow. We're going to, we're going to do all of your sessions in teaching the Word of God. Afterwards, they came up to me and they said, you know, we were reaching into Argentina. I said, yeah, I'll mark that on my list. Argentina, yeah. And then he said, and we're reaching into the Antarctic. Oh, yeah, hallelujah. Another continent for Jesus. Yes, hallelujah. Anyway, I was in South Africa doing youth camps. They said on the day off, they said, Leon, you know, there's a, a lion farm. Well, they raise white lions. And they said, if you've never seen a white lion you will, when you see them, you will know that they are the most majestic beasts on the face of the earth. And they are. They're beautiful. So they said, let's go. You know, it's our day off. Let's go. You need some recreation. You know, you've been preaching 25 times in a week. It's time for you to go and, and, and take some time and, and enjoy South Africa. Oh, yeah. I was much younger then. You know, nowadays I would say, let me, just let me sleep. You know? <laughs> so they took me to this lion farm. First thing I see is this lion, and they're feeding this lion, and he takes a quarter of a beef in his mouth and just tosses it. He roars, and it vibrates to, to the depths of my being. <laughs> And then they say, hey, there's this lion here, and we can go in and pet it. Ooh, yeah, that's for me. 
So I go in there and I pet this lion. Oh, nice lion, nice lion, nice lion. And then they come up and they said, hey, they're, they're spotted some rhinos out in the field. You want to go see the rhinoceroses? Yeah, yeah, let's go see the rhinoceroses. We go out and see the rhinoceroses come back. The missionary says, you know, Leon, give me your camera and go up to that lion and, and, uh, and, and pet it. I'll take a picture of it. Some of you heard the story the other day on video. So I walk up to the, towards this lion and I'm going, here lion, here lion, here lion, here lion. And this lion, and he's, he weighs about 200, 225 pounds, something like that comes running towards me. And I begin to doubt his intention. It's about lunchtime. I remember his father tossing that quarter of a beef up in the air and playing with it. And I begin to doubt the intention of that lion. What I did is something that I wish I hadn't done. I turned my back on that lion. And that lion came up on my back, slid down, caught my pant loop in my pants, and away my pants went. (laughs) Ripped it right into. (laughs) The guy that was going to take a picture was so amazed. He just stood there. He never did take a picture. It would have gone viral on YouTube, you know. (laughs) Many times I think, what if I would have just allowed that lion to come into my arms? Got licked all over my face by a white lion. That would have been one of the greatest experiences of my life. But you know what? Today in this room, there are people here. And God's saying, come. Believe that I am, but also believe that I am the rewarder of those who come to me, who seek me. Instead, we allow God to get so close, and then we turn our back. I'm going to ask you today. You know who I'm talking to. I'm going to ask you. Will you take and allow your faith to rise and say, God, I believe that you are going to reward me with the greatest life that I could ever have if I will seek you. If I'll look for you, if I'll embrace your word, God, I want you. I will not turn my back on you again. You see some people allow him to get so close and then they turn their back. Because they don't know that he's the rewarder of those who diligently seek him. What about it?
We're talking about faith. We're talking about saying, God, I believe. I believe that you are calling me to a closer walk with you. God, from this point on, I'm drawing a line in the sand and I am not going to go back. I'm going to seek you. I'm going to walk with you. I'm going to believe you. And I'm going to believe that you are going to bring all all of your rewards into my life. Will you do that today? Will you join me today in a walk of faith that's absolutely amazing? A walk that says, God, I trust you. I trust your word. Will you do that? Let's pray.